Today we have a Andrea Naden Black, along with your uh, three kids, Mackenzie, Maddox, and Hudson, to come read the Advent uh, reading and light the Advent candle. Unto us is born a Savior, Christ the Lord. This is good news of great joy. The candle we light today is the candle of joy, reminding us of the joy our Savior brings through life everlasting. You shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. Thank you. Would you guys pray with us this morning? Abba Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to gather here with our brothers and sisters to praise and worship your name. We thank you for Brother David who's coming this morning and ask your blessing on us as a church family at Harpeth Heights. Prepare each one of us to receive the message that you've given him for us today. Father God, we thank you for this Advent season that reminds us of the hope, the peace, and the joy that we know from you through your son. Father, use us as we leave this place to spread your good news. It's in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. I think right now it's the time for our children's message. Annabelle Beamer with the guys. So any, anybody, uh, any kids who are uh, under the age of uh, 16 under want to come up? <laughs> It'd be totally fine. <laughs> Hello. I've had so much fun working with all you guys each Wednesday night. And... So this is... The Bible is my favorite book, obviously. So we're going to look in John chapter 15, verse 11. I have told this, I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. We're going to pour the water in here. So even when things may not be bad, we know that we can ha always have overflowing joy with Jesus. So would someone like to come and smell this for me? Does it smell bad? We're going to pour this in here. So this shows that we can have overflowing joy with God when we pray, read the Bible, and have Christian fellowship. Now will you pray with me in three, two, one. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. I'm glad that I could come up here and present the children's sermon this week. And may we all have a good day today. Amen. That, uh, that ch children's sermon brought to you a courtesy of Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> Hey, uh, join us, uh, but you know, but she's right, you know, because our, our first song we sing, we sing about uh, a, a joy that overflows, you know, and sometimes, you know, I don't know about, you know, weeks, weeks change from, you know, you could have a great week, you'd have a lousy week, but the joy of the Lord is continuous because he is constant in our lives, and as long as we focus on him, the joy that should, uh, should bubble over uh, from us, so we can share that joy, so, um, so what a great reminder. A funny thing happened to me on the way to Sunday school this morning. <clears throat> uh, 
I am David McKinney, and Bob did not ask me to fill in for him, so I want to remove all of that before I get started this morning. Uh, it was absolutely from nobody else would volunteer to do it, and I was the only person left. And knowing I had a great backup, Mr. Curtis Bivens has always been my backup in teaching, and I'm sure he'll step forward and fill my shoes should I fall here today. And I have a wonderful support group in a Sunday school class. If, if you're in my Sunday school class, would you stand up? Would you stand up, please? All right. These people, thank you. These people all had previous warning that I was going to be here this morning. And they still came. So God bless you. I love you tremendously. You know, we all get to do different things in the Baptist church. We, uh, we uh, start having things uh, happening in a certain way. And, and uh, so one of those is concerning visitors. How do we treat visitors? You know, we, we are excited that you're here, but we don't want you to feel uneasy about being here. But I want us to know as a fellowship we do have believe we do have visitors here this morning if you're a visitor here this morning i'm going to embarrass you and just ask you if you'll raise your hand look we have visitors here and god bless you because you were supposed to see somebody who's really good at this and he's not here this morning but it's okay. God's here. Uh, I was thinking about, you know, what could I share in a few minutes? Uh, and I assured my class we won't go on and on. But I did uh, save half of my Sunday school lesson in case I didn't think of something but I will say this, God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. I tell you, I, I don't know, I went down to my Sunday school class after I told Brian I would do this, and, and the first thing that came to my mind was, I need help. And who would I go to first was my wife. That's how us men do. You know, when we get in trouble, we go to our wives. So I went to her and I said, honey, you won't believe what I got myself into. <laughs> She said, I can't believe it. Why did you do it? And I said, I don't know. Just something came over me like I should do it. So uh, that's what I'm doing. Uh, I do appreciate so much the opportunity to stand here. And I do not uh, belittle that opportunity at all. Because if we stand up here and share God's word, that God's here. He might be sitting right beside you. Or right behind you. We don't need to lose focus because we see some blue-green here. God sees every one of us here. He says if we're his children, he knows us by name, personally. He knows where you are. He knows where Brother Bob is this morning. He knows where these other folks are. But nothing is impossible with God. 
I was wondering when I went down back down to my Sunday school room, what was I going to share with you this morning? Well, as I told you, immediately it came to plan. Don't, don't use all your Sunday school literature right now because you might need part of it. But I immediately thought, well, I need to get into God's Word and find what He might have for me. And my Bible has two markers in it. One of them I had used to mark my lesson this morning. And the other one, God already marked what He wanted me to share with you. Isn't that amazing? God's good all the time. I want I thought, you know, after I got here, well, David, why didn't you think about looking in the bulletin this morning? Because Bob already has printed what we're supposed to be studying today. And I know that story. It's in Luke, second chapter, the first 20 verses. It's about Jesus going down to be born in a manger. And some people being brought to that special occasion by God <laughs> through his Holy Spirit you see that's what we do I told my son's class this morning now, where are these ties you know it's Christmas time this is Santa Claus if you can't see in the back if you can't see this come on up I got some good seats right here on the front too let me tell you that and we have a good time with Santa Claus during, the, during this time of year because we see it brings great joy in telling that myth and we get excited about it. We see God gave us a story to be excited about all year round. And he just began that process for the time we celebrate as Christmas. When Jesus was born, he was our gift. Our special gift. It would never break it never wear out. It never become obsolete. We'd never get too old for it. See, God said you're going to need it forever. I like what we were singing here this morning. Forevermore. <laughs> forever. I want you to turn with me. Have you got your Bibles with me this morning? I'm going to do another Baptist thing. Have you got a Bible with you this morning? Raise it, raise it up if you've got a Bible. If you use electronic, we'll see your phone. All right. Thank you. You don't want to come to worship and not bring his word with you. All right. Because God has something he wants to share with everybody in this room. And you'll say, well, I don't know anything David could share with me this morning. Well, I'm not. I can't share with you anything. God will do that. And he'll use anybody. I'm evidence of that here this morning. Look at his word. If you'll turn over to Acts chapter 1. Verse 4, he says, While he was together with them, and them being the disciples, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem but to wait for the Father's promise. This, is, this, he said, is what you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, 
Are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, uh, while we're together, God's here. God's going to send his spirit. We can't see it. We can't reach out and touch it. But we can feel it. You see, God's stirring in your heart. Because God wants you to do something. God wants all of us to grow his kingdom. Not ours. His. His kingdom. Now he says, I'm not going to ask you to do it without giving you the tools you're going to need. I shared with my Sunday school class this morning, don't you love these gifts? You young parents can appreciate this. You buy these boxes, and they come in, and it's got this toy in it, and it says in big letters on the side, some assembly required. And then a little bit later, it says down there, tools necessary. And then below that, it's approximate time to assemble, which all of us know is false labeling, right? There's a lot of assembly. You'll need more tools than they tell you, and it'll take you twice as long as they put on the box. But you see, God says, I'm giving you all you're going to need. Because if we have him... We have it all. He says there, he says, while he had them all together, now look what he says there, he commanded them. You ever think about that? God asked us to do something. (laughs) He said, now listen, don't lose sight of this. He was not commanding them out of the same gesture that a general would to his troops. He commanded them out of the kind of love that a father would give their child. And he said, you're going to know when the Spirit has come upon you, and you're going to need it. He says there, he says, he told them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. I love four-letter words because I can't spell very well, and I, and I get caught sometimes in my classroom when we have this board, and, and I'm going to write something on the board, and then they come up with something like hippopotamus and try to expect me to spell it, you know. So I tell them, limit your thoughts to four-letter words. God did a lot. He didn't want to make it so complicated we couldn't understand it. 
You know, that's why he told us a lot of things in parables, because common people could remember those stories. And he says, I want you to go back in this four-letter word, wait. Now, we wait because we anticipate something is going to happen. I, I appreciated what John shared with us on a Wednesday night. We wait with expectation. It's not easy going to do something. He is going to do something. Am I going to be ready for him to use me in accomplishing that? Well, the only person who can answer that is me. He says, right there, he says, now wait for the Father's promise. Now, there's something we all cherish, a promise that's true and never failing. I wish as a human I could say, I've made a promise and I have never broken one. I hate to say I'm human and I, I can't say that. But my Father in heaven can say that. If he promised us something, it's so. It will be so and will always be so and will never change. He said, this, he said, is what you heard from me. You see, when we understand what the real story is about Christmas, how Jesus came for you and me, we're not going to be the same ever. We're going to understand what Jesus really meant about loving one another. You see, and, and Jesus came as a gift. Can you imagine Jesus was born on a special day when we celebrate and we spread a lot of joy and excitement and he was already destined to head to the cross. That was why Jesus came. That's why God gave him to the world. So that he could pay the price that you and I created called sin. And he said, I'm going to pay that price because it will just weight you down. And I want you to have real joy in your life. And God did that when Jesus came and he said, how much do you love me? He said, I love you that much. You see, he says, uh, you've heard it from me, for John baptized with water, but what you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit 
Now, you see, when, when you got saved, Jesus came into your life through the Holy Spirit. He's living in you now. Sometimes he's really fighting with me, you know. David, you don't need to do that. I want you to do this. I say, but this is really fun. Don't you understand? I really like this. And God says, that's just not what I need you to do right now. Now, this is a prime example. It would have been much more fun if I was sitting out there listening to someone else up here. But that's not what God wanted me to do this morning. And I bet you're wondering, God, why did you want me to go through this too? You see, uh, they got together, and so when it says when they came together, they wanted to know, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? No. You see, God's got a different kind of kingdom. All of his children, he's going to come back and get. And he promised that. And he'll know all his children by name, personal. And he'll know who aren't his. He knows who's not his. He says, it is not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. We don't know the day God's coming back. But we know he's coming back. He's going to gather his family together. He knows them by name. Because they know him. Do you know him today? Do you really know him in here? Not in this room, but in here. You see, that's where God knows us. That's where his spirit lives. That's what he desires for all of us. He commanded us, surrender your life and find the real joy of life. says, but he will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You see, if, when Jesus came into my life, I could not wait to share that with someone. That's what a witness does. They testify about something that has happened.
says, that's what we're going to do as a fellowship of believers here. As a fellowship of believers here today, you're a witness to what God can do in anyone's life. But God won't make you. He won't make us do things as his children. And he won't make you invite him into your life. You have to do that. I sense God's really got somebody here this morning for that purpose. He wants to give you a special gift for Christmas. One that will never wear out. You'll have it for the rest of your life. You'll have it forevermore. Let's pray. Father, I just come to you humbly. I know I have not begun to do the kind of job that you would desire, but I pray, Father, I have shared my heart. There is no doubt that we will all live and we'll all die. There's no doubt, Father, you desire to have a relationship with us because you sent the ultimate gift to provide that way. And now, Father, you're just calling out this morning in this place with these folks, with that person that you've been dealing with. And you're calling and saying, come, come today. Receive my gift. It's laying right here waiting for you to pick it up. I so love you that I gave my son for you. Father, I pray that you'll use us here this morning in a magnificent way to grow your kingdom. And I ask it in your son's precious name. If you felt God calling you, answer that call. We're going to have a, a song and we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to what God wants for you in your life right now. Don't let the rest of the world win. Let go. Give him what he's been asking you to give. Just give your heart to Jesus this morning.